Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, bards and bastards. It is another episode of Beyond the Board with your hosts, Drew, Colin, and Juan. And man, can you guys just feel the hypeness coming from that soundtrack? As always, Mm. Patty Knox covering us deep with the new beats. Um, Check him out on SoundCloud. He's lit. Pretty cool stuff. Um, Guys, what an awesome week this week has been. Uh, At least for me. I don't don't know about you guys. I I feel good vibes. How's your guys' week been? Oh, I told you my news. Let's freaking say it again, dude. Let's hear it. Boy, I got that new job, getting big boy money finally. That's right. That's always a good nothing, feeling. Nothing feels better than when you finally get to put your degree to use and you can finally like look at your parents and be like, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I did, did you it! you make that exact sound? <laughs> what? Did you make that exact sound? Oh, dude, like what I told my parents, and I'm sure they'll listen to this because they do listen to the podcast. Shout out to the mom Shout and dad. Shout out mom always and dad Schmitz. You guys are great. But... <laughs> My uh, dad, I heard him in the background when I told my parents, he's like, are we moving? And my mom was like, no, maybe. <laughs> and I immediately was like, I will slap the dumb out of both of you if you follow me again. This is my move. <laughs> this is my again. journey. <laughs> oh, legit dead ass. Like I lived in Washington. I brought up that I was thinking about moving back to Utah. And they're like, oh, well, we were thinking about it the other day. Yeah. I moved out here and like two weeks after the rest of my family followed. And I was just like, all right. Oh my God. Well, don't get me wrong. I love my family. This sounds like I'm kind of an asshole. Like I love my family. It's okay. But... You can love your family and be an asshole. It works. I mean, that's family, right? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you can love your family. You don't need to like them. Yeah. Yeah. True. But no, that's that's just how family is. You know, we, me and my brother butt heads. Yeah. <laughs> me and my brother butt heads all the freaking time, especially growing up. And my parents would always be like, you don't have to like each other, but you have to love each other. And I'm like. Damn it. <laughs> oh, but you know, as soon as someone else turned and pressed him, you are first there, like, bitch, I will oh, tear you apart. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and we're tight now. It was mostly when we were growing up. You know how brothers are. Um, I feel like that sibling's just in general. Yeah, like, just, me, and my yeah. si- me and my sister didn't get along until she left for college. Then after that, like, we became a lot closer. For sure. That's how it is. When you get older, you realize, oh, man, I was just an ass. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll drop the angst my, and just move on. <laughs> my sister Jen and I like to joke around. My sister Jen and I like to joke around that we've only been friends for like nine years. Even though- <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's facts, though. That's facts. Because you don't care to understand them at the younger ages. You're like, damn, they're a dick. I'm not listening to them. I don't care about their problems. Yeah. Did you realize they went up through like way more fucked up shit than you did? Especially if you're the younger sibling. Yeah, I was the oldest, so whatever. I was, I was the baby. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, am baby. still the baby. Always the baby goes the baby. through problems that the older one won't understand either. Yeah, like being spoiled and shit. <laughs> Yeah, right? Tell me. Or being overshadowed. <laughs> oh, yeah. You want to hear what it's like being the favorite? I want to hear some privilege problems <laughs> from a white man. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, speaking of privilege, uh, monks. I went, like, what, like the first 10 years? <laughs> like the first 10 years of my life being like, oh, I got to finish that point. It's like, no, no, oh, my God, right. am I cutting you're out joking. again? No, no, no. no you're, you're good. You're here. We're just laughing because the one you came back in so hard, you're like, I'm not fucking done. We're talking about <laughs> this <laughs> i like we're, we're really good friends it's so, like i think it's, it's just really funny that we're like yeah i might be 20 friends for nine years <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i get you oh dude. my god oh man but yeah with privilege monks 
that totally relates somewhere. I'm going to say because they get the most hits in the game. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is week... Eight? Nine. 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 I'm pretty sure this is episode nine. Um, it doesn't even feel like we've been doing this that long. No, it hasn't. I love that we never actually remember what episode... <laughs> no. <laughs> you know? yeah, and I listen every week, too. That's the problem. Like, yeah. I am caught up with our shit, and I, I still don't know. Yeah, you think we'd listen, and I say it every time. I'm like, is this seven, eight, nine? I've been doing it since episode two, damn it. So, like, you think I'd catch on. Because <laughs> uh, we didn't think we'd get this far. So, everyone is just like, damn, are we still, well, we're here, man. <laughs> They're like, one of these days, Drew will understand what episode we're on. Maybe. Doubt it. Every episode, episode one. And so, whoever new listener we get, <laughs> that. that's genius. <laughs> no matter where you start, it's the first episode. It's the first episode. Like, oh, sweet. What are all these other ones? It's oh. like a used car. <laughs> it may not be new, but it's new to you. It's new to you. That's right. That's right. We're, it's, we're, which we're is like funny to be like, welcome back to episode one. <laughs> <laughs> Previously on Beyond the Board. Welcome to episode one, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, Years man. down the line, we'll still be like, all right, episode one. Yeah, it's funny. Wait, these guys have like 2,000 episodes. What's going on? <laughs> Every episode is a new, uh, it's a new, new series. It's a new, it's a new <laughs> series. Change the cover art every single time. Oh man! Um, but we What's are. What's the name of this podcast again? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Beyond something, I'm pretty sure. I think there's a board or tits or something. What? <laughs> oh my. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, so. Uh, and with that, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Going to <laughs> monks. Okay. So monks are cool. Um, especially in the D&D genre, and I've done a lot of research on this this week, which is actually surprising for me because I'm a pretty busy boy. But I am convinced on all of the threads that I've read on like the most popular D&D in class, it's always one of the two. It's either fighters or monks. That's bullshit. It's always monks. No matter what player I have introduced to D&D who hasn't known what it is or like are interested in playing or have been a veteran player and wanted to play in my games, they always want to play monks and they always want to play one specific subclass of monks and that is the four elements monks. What's interesting in that though, yeah, it's because there's the avatar, there's like um naruto stuff like it just feels like you're doing jutsus and like it's just it's cool flair type of thing you know but what's interesting about it every time they play that subclass they're like oh this isn't that fun (laughs) which is an interesting thing like the idea sounds very cool but the subclass of the elements falls very short are you talking to because everyone i've ever played with i mean i granted i guess i don't spend a whole lot of time on forums but like i've never i'm the only me and colin are like the only two people i've ever met that i've played D &D with that i've played monk oh that's a lie i had a monk in the last campaign but I'm yeah. just, I'm just genuinely curious. Yeah, I didn't know it was that popular. Yeah, it is because, and the reason why I think it is so popular is because martial arts movies are for everyone. If you say, if you're a person who say I don't like martial art films, you're lying to yourself. You do. When you, you see, you never watch Bruce Lee and get a little like, like hyped up to ready to go fight someone afterwards. Well, there's a thing like for everyone, like even people who were like, oh frick, when did this movie come out? I don't know, the '80s maybe, the Karate Kid films. That was so. Oh yeah, the OG. Yeah, that was so massive, and that kid in it—I forget his actor name—was like the heartthrob. He was like the heartthrob for years because of it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I am illiterate. Okay. Okay. I know. I I met Willie Zabka last year, and when he I told him how I knew him, he was like, "Oh, you know." 
Cobra Kyle's like, bullshit, bro. I watched the Karate Kid back in the day. Nice. And he just like got so happy. I think he was like, yeah, Cobra Kai. <laughs> you know, I, to be granted, I was wearing a Cobra Kai shirt, but like straight up, I told him, I was like, honestly, I, I watched Karate Kid back in the day. I love the movies. And to be honest, like Karate Kid was one of the first things that got me in martial arts, like doing Taekwondo kid like i wanted it, it made you feel cool as hell yeah it did but it shows you it shows you such a different discipline which goes into being a monk and you kind of start to find that out like it is super fun yeah but there are rules with it that you have to start following like the key points yeah. your monastic traditions like i segued that real well and I really yeah you did myself on the back and <laughs> with, with that like like i was saying with the karate kid it, it's so popular and people are like ah oh, man i don't want kung fu movies i'm like okay yeah if you don't like the flying through the air um like super crouching super tiger hidden looking. dragon yeah. ones i love those movies i think they're sweet but sure, if that's not for you, you still love martial art movies, whether it's Mission Impossible, uh, the Bourne series, or um, freaking comedies like um, Jason Bond, little <laughs> little Jason Bond, James Bond, so James sorry. Bond, like the little Good ninja God. movies that came out like yeah. way back in two thousands, and like um, there's just a flavor for everyone in that. I think that's why it's popular, and like I've had like. Not to name names, because I won't, but like six players, I kid you not, that I've brought into the tabletop RPG games that have all, after me describing the classes, been like, I'm playing a monk. I don't even want to hear the rest of them. I'm playing monk. And I'm just like, okay, cool. I'm cool with it. I sweet. I think monks are dope. Let's do it. And it's all about like, I tell them, hey, you want to run on the walls? You want to be like Naruto? You want to jump super high and catch arrows shooting at you in all directions? Sweet. Let's do it. Let's play monk. That's why I think they're so popular. Also, on that getting into the um feats that you have deflect missile is such a fucking fun mechanic to use yeah it is and it's like um like Juan said in a couple episodes ago he's like always shoot your monks as a dm because it gives them the opportunity to catch it you know it's yep. a cool thing well you always get to roll the dice no pun intended like it just getting shot at as a monk like you can you can either deflect out or catch it like especially using your strength throws as dexterity like swapping out it's oh i I just love monks yeah they're they're super cool um and so with that diving into the main classes uh class features of a monk it's really interesting to look at um like we've done before um we know we'll look at their um Saving throws, and can you guys guess what they are? Unless you have it pulled up. Dexterity? <laughs> if you have it pulled up, you suck. Okay, I'm just going to say it. You got dexterity and wisdom? Yep, dexterity and wisdom. I was going to say constitution. Yep, dexterity and wisdom. And for that reason I, is all their... I, I don't have it pulled up. It's because I've played it. Yeah, true. So many times. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of your favorite classes. Um, and the reason for wisdom, uh, outside of game talk, uh, because it is their whole, you know, that's how they do key saving throws and stuff. It makes sense, like the typical Shaolin monk, they're super dexterous doing all these acrobatic stuff. And then on top of that, they're super um, patient and they have like this meditation and understanding of like the natural world, which like we talked about in Druids is tied into wisdom. Um, and so that's why lore sense 
it makes sense that they would be dexterity and wisdom. So Bravo was just because you got one right. Um, <laughs> they train their minds and their bodies. That's right. <laughs> they have the soul and heart and the spirit. <laughs> they have the power of God and anime on their side. <laughs> <laughs> monks in a nutshell. Exactly. Um, so monks get a whole uh, myriad of different features that are super cool. Uh, they're focused around these key points. Every subclass will have some thing that they're able to incur from like this chakra you can think of it um and um one of their main ones that they get is called their probably their staple which is flurry of blows uh what flurry of blows does is they're able to take um an unarmed strike as a bonus action so you get attack x amount of times how many often you're um able to attack as a monk and then do flurry blows which i think you attack two more times not just once um which sure, is martial arts awesome. isn't like super crazy in the beginning but as you dude your fists do some fucking damage yeah and yeah it's just cool where you can like go into it where you're just like i don't need a weapon and but here's the thing they get to roll their martial arts die or they can use a monk weapon like nunchucks and stuff which is cool i always love the quarter staff quarter staff is my go-to yeah i i'm, I'm a nunchucks guy <laughs> i think they're sweet and it's the only time I get to like actually be like, yeah, my character oh. could use nunchucks is when I play a monk. Open hand, throw throw fists. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Muay Thai way, style. Way of the, you know, way of the streets. Yeah, we'll just way <laughs> of the streets. <laughs> These hands rated me for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, true. Monks in a nutshell. I love it. Um, also, what's really crazy about monks is they get to a point in the game where they just don't need to sleep, eat, or like really meditate anymore they're just so one that their body like stops aging which is really cool so you can take they a human synthesize yeah so you can take a human they have monk. no want or need for any earthly yeah they just they're they're literally no drink no coochie <laughs> <laughs> it's true they are literally one with their spirit and so it keeps them alive and lets them flourish i think they do still age but it's like at one fourth rate i i don't know i'd have to look yeah, into it you more. pretty much turn into a, a half elf of a human yeah which is super cool um uh as well as what i think is the most busted thing about monks and this might be a different take than what you guys came up with but is their first what they get at level one which is unarmored defense it, while they're not wearing a shield or armor they have uh ac equal to 10 plus their dexterity plus their wisdom so you can go in there having high dexterity and wearing nothing that gives you disadvantage and if you have throw max stats and wisdom max staff is stats in dexterity that's a 20 ac without wearing anything and that's crazy the likelihood of you getting those max stats are way down the road but very possible um well also with the unarmored sorry I, no oh, I go do off. do do it cut me off uh, cut you off yeah, like fuck you. Circumcision. <laughs> um but also with the unarmored defense you get unarmored movement and you start to get like a certain amount of extra movement at level two yeah dude by by 10th level you're moving at 20 extra feet that is 50 feet depending on the race you choose you know how much you can do with that in a movement a ton imagine taking the dash action going 100 feet or your no step way. of the wind Woo! yeah that's crazy they're fast and that's another appeal for them they can do and take um path of the shadow or way of the shadow dude you're just teleporting. so dirty it's crazy it's just the wild stuff um 
but yeah monks are really cool they give that uh, martial arts vibe to it as well as like kind of a spiritual-esque kind of vibe to it as well um there's a lot of different ways you can play a monk um which we'll get into with the subclasses um there are a lot of cool ways to do it and they have so many subclasses because it's such a huge staple um they always come out with the coolest ones so i don't have anything more to add other than the fact that monks kind of niche things their key points they get some equal to their wisdom modifier plus their level and it's just this pool that they're able to pull from to do um these interesting spiritual moves or like extra adrenaline type things think of like rockley opening up the gates it's like a key point it's all chopper based and um that's kind of their niche ability um and then they also get a martial arts die that increases as they level up which is just like unarmed strikes improv weapons and monk weapons so like if you have nunchucks, I think it's a 1d4 plus dex or strength because it's a monk weapon. They can do either um, plus their martial arts weapon. So on top of that, like another 1d8, I think at like level 16 and higher. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> they they get busting amount of, da of damage, dude. It's wild. And um, they also just they can hit a lot. Like with flurry of blows, I'm pretty sure like they can hit more than fighters at level 20 which is nuts because <laughs> fighters can hit like eight times so yeah they just won't hit as hard anyways moving forward let's talk about those subclasses dudes uh i'll kick us off i usually let you guys go first but I'm, let's I'm have it dude step on in yeah um i don't know how common this one because like one i i don't spend a lot of time on the forums as i should for hosting a day uh, podcast come on dude I, I stick to my twitter and my instagram i, I interact with my people <laughs> I appreciate but, that. I appreciate that. But uh, I like Path of the Kinsei. What about that? Uh, Kinsei, you're a little more of the uh, martial arts with a weapon type. So you can usually kind of catch them with a katana, more of the, uh, like the halberd, kind of more. Um, but yeah, no, you're just, you're more of a ninja with his katana or their katana than anything else, honestly. Cool. So you have your... You have your two types of weapons you can use, one melee and one ranged weapon. I usually like to do the uh, katana, like I said, with kunai knives. Oh, cool. Yeah. You get agile parry, which is plus two to your AC, starting at fucking third level, which already with the unarmored defense and all that, like you're, you're a walking pile of rock and you're just naked, pretty much. Yeah, dude. It, you have so much AC and it's not because like you are able to like take hits it's because you're so nimbly able to dodge them so when you add and that's it, what it's fun to play with like yeah. it's not your armor it's not your shield like you're dexterous based so when you when people miss you it's not like they hit your skin and it's so tough it deflects it yeah like you do these beautiful acrobatics like you side flip over the blade and if right a certain attack like you can catch him on your or if you're a drunk you can catch him on the miss and kick him while you're flipping in the air like so right. cool and to play to, this type of character to my dms who are listening if you are saying when you when uh enemy goes to hit your monk or um whatever and they just say they miss you are making these monks feel lame and the whole reason yeah. your players pick the monk is to feel like a badass 
And so, like, be descriptive. And it's your job to paint the story, man. Yeah, so, like, when a bugbear swings its mace so slowly, don't just say, aw, it didn't get over your AC, it missed. Just say, you're able to grab it mid-swing, use its momentum, flip over him, and, like, just do all this crazy stuff. Like, it'll make the players be, like, so much more invested, start listening to you when you're talking about combat, because we all have players who start to flip on their phones while they're waiting for their round to come up, which is totally fine sometimes. But if they're you're constantly <laughs> but, saying yeah. that's a miss, that's a miss, that's a miss, it's not immersive enough. It's not it's not the reason they chose to play a monk. It's to feel like <laughs> it's to feel like Sasuke, Naruto, Jackie Chan. Weird. It's that's that's what they chose, you know. As weird as a comparison it is like hey, yes you're the storyteller. Yeah. No. It's like, it was with a lot of classes. It, it, you should do that with every class. But what I'm saying specifically for Monk is they want to, it's to, they play a Monk to specifically feel like a ninja. Acrobatic. Like they want to feel acrobatic, like an elite gold medalist gymnast, even in combat. When they say, I want to do a backflip and chuck kunai knives off, like while I'm doing a flip. Dudes, these guys are so dexterous. Just let them do it, you know? Like, if they want to run up the side of wall and do a side flip. Yeah, don't make them do an extra check. No, this is their whole class. If you think about it, their backstory, I know this is a rant, but I'm heated. Uh, If if, (laughs) this happens way too often. (laughs) If they, if, like, if you're there fighting in close quarters and someone swings an axe and and they dodge it have them like run up the side of the wall and it slams the axe into the wall right where they were and they do like a side flip behind them make them feel cool and you should do that with every class but i'm very passionate about the monks because that's other than to feel like a ninja and a like acrobatic badass there isn't a whole lot of a yeah i guess that's the that's that's kind of the point too that i wanted to make is like it's the same thing earlier when we were talking about like yeah shoot your monks that's i mean we, we use monks to talk about it because they're the most badass and it's the best example but it's you should always be doing it, things to make episode. your character class feel like their class yeah. like obviously give the cleric like religious shit to do like maybe right. he comes into a town and you know everyone yeah heal my child yeah, holy my man child type yeah thing. yeah like shit like that and so like with but like with monks and that's what it means it's like shoot your monk it's like the fucking arrow yeah. um does it hit their ac cool they dodged it right oh, i do Paladin, that uh, instead of just being like oh yeah the the goblin miss no fucking they're wearing plate armor off of it like your armor is so good that like you just didn't even feel it because it's doing its job that's yeah. like how you should be describing combat uh because we all i fucking hate combat Com- yeah D&D, to be honest I'm the- especially watching other people yeah I'm the same I like, way, dude. I like I, watching story-based combat. That's when how, it's stuff that is... When it's, like, pushing it forward you, and not just, like, I'm fighting these good, thugs in the street. Yeah, I'm just driving it. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And my thing, my whole reason I play in D is for the story. If I wanted to play a combat sim, hell, I'll play a video game, dude. You know? Oh, the Skyrim. Yeah. Like, in combat is really cool because you get all these abilities to, like, do stuff in combat. But when we've all been a part of campaigns that are pure hack and slash, I've ran campaigns like that in my first couple years. They get overwhelming where it's like, oh, I have a story I'm trying to finish up. Yeah, I have a story I'm trying to finish up. Let's do more than just beat each other up. Exactly. That's why I like doing a lot of like political espionage stuff because you have to role play. You can't just whip out a dagger and kill someone because guess what? They're going to come kill you. (laughs) Well, it's like... um, there's a YouTube video where it's like uh, when your friend who plays Skyrim plays D&D for the first time. It's like you walk into a tavern. 
I'm gonna loot the bartender. Okay, do you know why you're doing it? No, but I want their money. <laughs> it's like, okay, roll a stealth check. Why do I have to do that? I just sneak up behind him. Well, you have to see if you do it. You fail. All right, I'm gonna stab him in the throat. The town guard shows up because you literally just committed murder in broad daylight. Well, I'm gonna stab the guards. D stop it, stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think I've seen that. And that's super true in like how a lot of people play the game. So we play D&D mostly because it's a role-playing game. You know, it's, it's about telling stories and like living out these characters that we've created. And if your party isn't interested in that, that's fine. If they want to do dungeon delving and like hack slash their way through everything, that's sweet. That's what one shots are for. You know, and well, that's also like, that's not a wrong way of playing it. But like, if there are some people in your party who are like, yo, this is, I don't really like sitting here for three hours at a table doing waiting for my turn. I'd rather like find out more about the story you created. And if someone, one of my players said that to me, I'd be like, oh, dude. I love you, man. I want to tell you all about the world I created. Let's freaking go. Let's well, it's like, <laughs> with know? the character, I know we have tangent and hard. I'm not even through my subclass yet. Dude, I don't even but, care. Let's freaking go. I, I, this is needed to be said. But uh, it's like what I wanted to do with your character. You told me first off, like, you have a vision of, I wanted you to, like, as you get into this new town, like, you always see a well, and you'll just pass your vision for some reason. Yeah. Like, if my character like, sees that well, dude... You have dude, to know your characters. Yeah. If my character saw a well, he's, he's just very, very, one, tempted to go look into it. Two, at the same time, scared shitless to look into it. He's probably going to go like drown himself in alcohol, dude. When, that's kind of the point we're making, and I'll finish up my subclass after this little, little finish of a tirade. But if you are the one that is creating the story, and you don't take the time to know what create a good story for your players take some time to be a better dm i'm not gonna say don't be a dm but just like care about the story care about your characters it's not your story you're unfolding yeah and that's why it is so vital to have a session zero sit yep. not a session one session, session zero, zero where you sit down and say hey guys this is kind of the idea as a dm that i want to run this is kind of the story what do you guys think about it and if they all everyone's like uh I don't really want to do that. They're not going to want to play. It's plain as that. Exactly. Listen to what the back. Like, hey, what do you guys want to do? Oh, well, instead of doing all this dungeon stuff, I want to do like a mystery. Like I want to solve murders and stuff. We're big Sherlock Holmes fans. Make that a story. And that'd be so much fun to do. You know, and flavor it into your story to keep it entertaining for you. Like if you want to do a dungeon, yeah. one, Sherlock and Holmes, do a Sherlock Holmes dungeon. It doesn't have to be like a straight up. I'm going into this dungeon. To right and there are so many um if you read the dm's uh handbook i forget what it's called uh, the dungeon master's handbook yeah right? dungeon dungeon guidebook. master's guide yep you read that in the very first chapter it describes all the different types of campaigns and gives you a great detail and resources on how to run those so if you're only only have experience doing like a grand adventure or attack and slash dealing with mortar murder hobos that's fine but if someone's like, hey, this is boring, I want to do something else, you as the game master and the dungeon master are responsible for everyone having fun. And so if it's not something you want to do, maybe step down, have someone else run the game. That's simple. Anyways, continue with your subclass. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, the cat back up shows way of the keen say they're more of the ninja type with the katana, blah, blah, blah. 
but to catch up is uh, one with the blade at sixth level. You extend your key into your weapon, and it overcomes magic for the sense of uh, immunity or a magical. Oh, cool! So you're already busting things that can't be damaged by just physical weapons at right. sixth level, which is busted. Super sweet. And then and there's Death Strike as well at 6th level. When you hit a target with the Kinsei weapon, at, you spend one key point and cause the weapon to deal extra damage to the target equal to the martial arts die. And the higher level you get, like we said, by level 10, you're dealing extra. But there's one more at 11th level, which is more possible to get than 17 with the unerring accuracy. Which it, it's just ungodly accuracy. You get to re-roll like, almost all your attacks. Yeah, that's... that's but, uh... At 11th level, you get Sharpen the Blade, which makes it so you get a bonus action. Spend up to three key points and grant one Kinsei weapon to touch a bonus to attack the damage rolls when you attack with it. So you, again, can stack so many fucking hit points with your weapon, not just your fist this time, because it's what you're more comfortable. You're fucking hack slashing. If, the, if anyone's ever played uh, Ghost of Tsushima, like when you uh, focus mode and you just tear through like five people, it's pretty much the same thing. I need to play those games. I haven't played any of those. <laughs> Bruh, play Ghost of Tsushima. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's so good. Beautiful and like the such a fun sword play game. Honestly, this is another tangent, but guess how lucky I am. So I was sitting there on the couch the other day and I have my PS4 and it's kind of lagging a little bit. And out of nowhere, Kylie, my wife was like, you know what? This sucks. And I'm like, what? I was playing some game. I thought she was talking about my gameplay and I was kind of pissed. I was like, I was like, excuse you. You could leave. No. Takes the remote, does better than you. <laughs> right. Um, she goes, no, this PS4 is lagging so bad. We need to get a PS5. And I was like, interesting hmm i didn't even bring this up what, what test is this <laughs> <laughs> i know I was, she's like seriously she started looking herself for ps5 and did research on the different versions digital and like the regular one i was like oh man this is it i've made it i've converted her so i might be getting a ps5 that's sweet <laughs> i didn't even have to beg for it oh yeah <laughs> yeah um so my subclass is i wanted to show a different way of how to play a monk and it's another option like if your player if your party i'm very against this by the way before i say it if you want to play something just play it don't worry about party dynamics but if you are worried about party dynamics and you realize oh man there's two rogues a bard um no healer but i really want to play a monk this is a good option for you i chose for my subclasses the way of mercy which the way of mercy is the healer of monks they're described as uh traveling physicians and they are all about like chakra healing spirit guiding and so it's all about either inflicting wounds like when you hit yeah when you hit someone you can either choose to heal them so like your allies you can like just fist bump them and oh yeah you're healed uh or you can (laughs) just bitch slap some health (laughs) back into them yeah or you can just like punch someone and do inflict wounds with your key points um what's really cool about this is they have this flavor where depending on like the visage of like your entity that you're embodying so like if you're like going into battle you don a mask 
which it has like all these lists of different masks like the raven the crying visage the skull the butterfly and it's a different mask that they put on when they're doing different stuff so they put on the skull when they know they need to take life they put on the raven when they're trying to save life or guide a life and like all these different things and it just gives role-playing flavor so it's like oh man i'm just gonna say adrian adrian's has the skull mask on this guy needs business it's about to go down it's about to go down uh kakashi has revealed the manga q sharingan it's about to go down type of thing and you can flavor it that way um what's really cool about this and it's their last ability that they get um it's called hand of ultimate mercy and um what it does at 17th level your mastery of a life opens door to ultimate mercy as an action you can touch a corpse of a creature that died in the last 24 hours spend five key points and bring that creature back to life it regains hit points equal to 4d10 plus your wisdom modifier and any um, effects that ailed the creature when it died are removed so it's pretty much your walking resurrection beacon at that point which is your hazers de cristo at this point (laughs) you're just like bam be blessed come back (laughs) so it's really cool because you can um like colin said it gives like the sonate sakura style um where you're just going around healing doing a bunch of damage at the same time um and also being like this roaming practitioner of trying to heal people but since it's a way of mercy you can also mercy kill someone be like i can't save you you're past the point break your neck that sounds fun as like a chaotic neutral yeah so it's like oh you want to save them but if they're past your point because like healing is not amongst job sometimes but you just drop the elbow on them so it's like i'm sorry like you're gonna be lame your whole life this is going on my point break the neck (laughs) kind of dark way of looking at it that way but it's another way of just saying hey monks can play every role they can be super tanky they can be super dexterous they can also heal so it's pretty cool stuff what about you Juan? what'd you pick i mean another cool thing about that too is you could be like very like harvey dent two-facey oh Oh, yeah coin i'm gonna save you or i'm gonna kill you yeah like i don't know that's that's what i thought of that's sweet that's a way cool way of putting it Sitting here listening to you, I was role playing in my mind like how dark it could be. Like walking up to side of the road, where you meet your party like first episode. They're like, oh, "Help me! I need water." You're like, "I can't help you." You just drop an elbow into their head and abrade it like <laughs> such a fucked up monk, which is Jeez. not usually a thing. Yeah, it, well, it kind of reminds me, and you guys will have to remind me the title of the movie. Um, but it's all about that assassin who flips a coin, uh, whether he kills you or not. Oh, that's oh, uh, uh, no country for old men. Yeah, it can leave be, it to the cinephiles to say at the same time. Yeah, it could yeah. be something <laughs> more like that where he's just like leaves it to the whims of fate, where it's like I could protect you or just really. leaves you with your shit pants on if if, he, if you win. That shows that movie's great. It's your lucky coin. I've seen it once, so I couldn't. It's been a long time, but yeah, here's it, your lucky it is a beautiful movie. Yeah, that gas station scene, ooh, iconic. I I do, I watch that on YouTube from time to time, just when I need to feel. <laughs> Just why I need to feel alive. <laughs> oh man! All right, Juan, what'd you come up with? <laughs> uh, so I think we all already know which one I came up with. Um, I gotta preface this: I did not ever think I would fall in love with Buck ever. I just never thought about it, which is funny because like I grew up watching shit like The Matrix. I'm like, why are kung fu movies? 
Um, but I don't know, I've always, you know, I've always been a cleric main, and then I remember, um, this is a little shout out by the way, every year I go to Fanex, and Thursday, because it's the slowest day, I go and I play one-shots. Yeah. Because uh, there's really not a whole lot else going on. Um, I, like, I know I'm usually coming back Friday or Saturday to go hang out with friends, and so I usually save walking the floor to look at all the vendors for, like, Friday, Saturday. So Thursday, I show up, I see whatever panels happen to be that day, because sometimes there's, like, a rare good one or two like yeah, i like got front row for Dolph Lundgren one year yeah and then um which was actually pretty badass hearing him talk about like aquaman and like rocky and stuff oh, uh, but then i always go play one shots and then i was sitting there and um i was like i remember my first year doing it alone i was so like nervous because i just am a socially awkward human with social anxiety it's fine um <laughs> but i'm sitting there dude the one of the ems running the game's like hey you're gonna be with me uh what character are you playing and i was like oh was i supposed to be like set up cool to make one real quick and he was like play a class you've never played before um and so he had me go through like the player handbook and then i was like i was like i've always looked at monk blah 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 and it was like cool make it level 20 because it was like a level 21 yo that's cool uh, that would be so fun to just drop in on a level 21 shot level 21 shot fun as hell so we're getting literally the guards were like minor angels and stuff right it got to the point that is when i uh, um like fell in love with monk and i learned the lesson of shoot your monk because the amount of arrows and shit that were coming towards us just constant constant and i was constantly like throwing them back it was deflecting them it was awesome and it got to the point where they were just like we're gonna lose this one shot because we're all gonna die because of how overwhelmed we were even though we were level 20 and they just gave me the crown and we're like just get the fuck out of here and i remember i dashed along the wall and was just wall running over like guards and enemies to make it to the end it was fun as hell that's sweet and the uh class i picked um which made it even cooler when i was fighting was drunken master i fucking love drunken master anything i i, I don't know if you guys got this earlier but like i love um like that jackie chan movie um i love bo Recho in mortal kombat he's one of my favorite characters if you have a drunken Ma i will love it and they will be my favorite character uh <laughs> pretty much i didn't watch iron fist but i heard there's a fight scene with the drunken master and i looked it up on youtube and i rewatched that scene about once a month nice even though it's I about the only really good fight scene in uh, on Netflix because of how bad it is but that, <laughs> exactly because drunken master is so badass jackie chan movie badass bull show in mortal kombat badass just drunken master sick so that's the one i picked for dnd i'm uh, so glad that you just cool name dropped a bunch of those because that means they can't be your character at the end you of it <laughs> Um, anyways, the, um, oh, I just lost my chance. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you don't actually have to be drunk in when you're like playing this. I personally like to with the characters that I play, uh, whenever drunken master, but this, it does give you proficiency in the performance skill, the, like the scent. And so you're confusing the fuck out of the people that you're fighting and they're not going to take you seriously because you're this drunk asshole. And then you shoot back up and, uh, you start kicking their ass like Rock Lee when he thinks he's drinking medicine and ends up being an entire bottle of sake. Yeah, that one was awesome. That's a great scene. Um, the cool stuff you get about it, it's literally ripped, kind of ripped from that. It's called Gloria uh, Blows. You gain the benefit of the disengage and your walking speed increases by 10 feet until the end of the current turn. So not only are you already broken with Flurry of Blows, being able to hit a bunch of times and then just being as like dexterous as you are, throw into that a free disengage action, which means that you can run away without getting hit and you master because you gain an extra 10 feet. And so the best part out Drunken Master is you were the guy for your fighter or paladin. Or The whole point of Drunken Master is to get into the thick of it, throw on the ground. It's so badass to the point that, like, 
uh, at six level, when you're prone, instead of taking half your movement to stand up, you take five feet. Uh, redirect attack. Every time someone misses you, you can then use your reaction point to make move. Jackie Chan does it in that movie all the time. If you want to see a good example of Drunken Fish, watch The Rock Leaf. I'm literally describing everything, and they just took those scenes and then put them into gameplay mechanics. <laughs> They made this thing about for this. You. <laughs> when you get to 17 much when you get to the 17th level and you uh this is part of it where you're supposed to jump into like the thick of it with a group of more than like a bunch of dudes whenever you use your flurry of blows you can make up to three additional attacks so on top of flurry of blows giving two an extra you now get another three up to a flurry of blows provide granted provided that each flurry of blows attack targets a different creature this so you have to have a different a different creature with it it's a hit five times on top of potentially using like an extra attack that is so broken that especially is. with by the time you're level 17 you're hitting so hard killing six seven foot soldiers in one turn and you're just this drunk motherfucker just sitting there right now one's taking you seriously because you're the buffoon but no then you're the only one standing as you then just loot all their bodies and take all their booze but i've had a bunch of drunken masters in my games um it's it's very popular and for that reason because it kind of is kind of um uh, yeah it's just kind of different you know but it's also really strong um especially when they can just like pick up a chair and use that as a weapon and it does a ton of damage when it's you literally are jackie chan yeah. as a character it's super cool um monks monks are dope like we said there's so many things that you can do with them um let's go ahead and go into the characters that we came up with um mine's pretty generic i'm not gonna lie uh i have haven't really had the desire to play a monk recently so i haven't come up with anything i haven't workshopped really anything um but i would play a tabaxi i think that's what it's called the cat folk is it oh yeah is that yep. tabaxi yeah 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 cool back to the list of reasons why drew's a furry secretly. yeah i know another reason right i would play that and like um listen he's never denied it i me. i haven't i'm not going to <laughs> 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 um and uh i i would play I'm just it proving it again and again even though he's never denied it yep nope never going to either um and uh as just like but tabaxi i would play it as like they're an outcast among their uh, civilization because tabaxi in the lore are pretty mistreated because they're typically like rogues uh they're very cunning um and like they um they just don't um get a lot of good rep so i treat it as like he ditched his society he wanted to go find peace and like kind of just be one with nature um so he goes and joins like a monastery and they teach him this way of healing and the whole time after he graduates from the monastery or whatever in this uh path of mercy way of mercy he's and traveling and trying to heal people but everyone's pretty like sketched out when a tabaxi comes into their small town trying to heal people you know uh, so it'd be this whole dis coming over discrimination showing that he's not the sneaky cat but he's really actually a, a good little guy and um yeah it'd be it'd be fun to play. sneaky kitty i'm a sneaky i'm a good puss okay <laughs> dude okay i know this is probably about to go over all your heads have we ever heard the song puss no i have not i urge everyone listening to this podcast to listen to the song good puss i'm scared uh but there there's just so many cool things that you could do with monks um 
Colin, what did you come up with for your character? Uh, for the first time since we've done this, I recycled a character out of the woodworks, and we've talked about him before. Uh, the monk I used in the uh, Strahd camp. I used my, my good old halfling Jid. He was on the outskirts of the development, like normal halflings are. He's just kind of living in his humble abode, smoking his pipe weed, doing his thing. Then all of a sudden, in the darkness of night, he woke up, and the entire village was slaughtered, and he was by himself. He never got any answers for why he was the only one left so he just started traveling trying to find these answers ended up at a monastery they killed his anger and kind of made him back into the happy-go-lucky person he is but he has a very intense fighting side where he's honed his anger to his blade and he's he's pretty much like yoda if he had a katana just a super intense very stoic very quick to crack a joke as well and he he's just trying to figure out what happened to his people i uh did him the same way the uh path of the king say i i just loved him as a character and i will always try to play him whenever we go back but uh yeah he's just a very straight up monk not a whole lot of extra to him that's sweet yeah i i really enjoyed playing along um jid as my as it, being in the party member uh you I, and i were best friends i used to ride the back of your uh, pants yeah, board all the time like i was just chilling on your shoulder because the height difference was ridiculous yeah it was you just i just grab you in fights when we needed to get out of there and just swing you up onto my shoulder like the mother grizzly and mother grizzly what the fuck no mother uh gorilla <laughs> maybe mother, that, like, mom, you were a grizzly bear maybe, you a bear maybe mama grizzly i was a bear man maybe i I am a furry for you guys this is, this is <laughs> maybe it's all just making sense now um but my yeah, gaslighting is working it's working one <laughs> but no yeah i just swing you up and just take you out of there man um so it was a good time uh what about you Juan? um i i gotta say your little dynamic on the shard campaign was always really cute it always reminded me of for any other names in avatar it was like something in pipsqueak Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Oh, I know what yeah. you're talking about, but I can't. Yeah, from can't from Jets it. from Jets band. Yeah, that's literally what I always pictured you two oh, as, and that's Pippin why whenever you guys started doing that, yeah, Pip and the Duke, and that's why when you guys started doing that, I just let you. I would let Colin just disengage for free. Like they'd be in the thick of it, and every time Drew went to go get him, I'd be like, "Listen, you're risking yourself to go do this. Like, yeah, you can pick him up. I don't give a shit." <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that because it was super fun. <laughs> yeah, good DM work. He didn't limit us to like using our actions and shit. Um, mine is. I, I always recycle characters. Come on, I why put it in the works? It's joking. No, but my uh, <laughs> why, why fix it if it ain't broke? Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, I've made some. I've made some pretty pretty good characters, though. They're always. If you notice, there's always a reference built in, and for I don't mean, I don't even remember what the hell I named him, but it was a we were doing a pirate campaign, um, Seven Seas, and when Colin was like, "Hey, we're gonna be pirates," I was like, "Now's the time to pay uh, to be a drunkard," because I was like, "I wanted to be a drunk pirate." So I did I don't remember what the hell his name is, but he was pretty much just Hellboy because he was a monk tiefling, drunken fist, um, and his whole backstory was he was raised in a monastery, and he's been told yeah. yes, was it Tiankum? Did I name him after the Book of Mormon? character yes yes you did <laughs> the one time i didn't go with the japanese name i went with the good book of mormon name that's hilarious um well, he's not religious <laughs> he's japanese it, well I, I i guess yeah but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, no, but I had him, you know, grew up in a monastery, was pretty much just like, was only sent out on missions. And um, whenever he like needed to, that was the only time he was like allowed to leave. And it was pretty much just like exactly like the Hellboy mythos, specifically from like the Guillermo del Toro movies, where he just like lived at the monastery and then let him do whatever he want as long as he like stayed safe inside. So he just really liked stayed to drink. <laughs> he just like stayed hidden. Um, and But he was always told, he was like, you're cursed to end the world and that's why you're here. And instead of being um, evil, they turned him into a weapon for good. Uh, and you know, turned his body into a weapon, and then he decided to drink and found, figured out that the drinking enhanced his ability. And so the monks were just like, "All right, keep doing it." And then like up and left one day, and was like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna go sail the seven seas. I've been locked up my entire life." And then that that was that's his character, Tiankum, I guess is what I named him. But yeah, he was pretty much just Hellboy uh, and loved to drink. Uh, every time we'd get into ship fights, his first priority was ale, and then himself, because uh, you always have to keep drink. the ale safe. Get the drink, then kick ass. And he always had a flask on him. It was great. It was, it was amazing. And and go on Colin, because normally, like, if you want to be an asshole, you could be like, yeah, drink, taking a flask out of your person and drinking it like an a is, is an action or a bonus action. But it's like, it literally did no benefit. It was just roleplay purposes. And Colin was like, yeah, you, you take a sip from your flask before you start throwing hands. And I'm pretty sure we let you use your, like... Uh, flask like the guy from the uh, dra not Dragon Fist Iron Fist Iron Fist Netflix series where like it was wrapped around your hand so you could like fling it at people and use it as your eye. Yeah, I I was a I remember I I based it off like an actual flask so I made it was just like a yellow or not yellow a metal ball that I would yep. just like swing around with using my martial arts die. But I was just like, yeah, I take a swig out of it and then I'd always every time I'd be like, he'd be like, how do you want to do this? Be like, well I. Uh, cave his fucking skull in, and then I drink from my flask. <laughs> it's very on scene for your characters, too. That is exactly how you described your cleric, too. Like, oh yeah, he's supposed to be like this antichrist, but he doesn't want to be. <laughs> yeah, he's doomed to uh, end the world, but he's just drinking. <laughs> like, it's very, very similar. <laughs> well, I think that's why, like, just hearing Juan talk about how he uh, gets descriptive, I think that's why the three of us play together. Yeah. The three of us are usually always enthralled. Like either one of us, if we get a kill, it's just like I slash out his down as he goes to catch his head and fling it at his enemies and go for intimidation. But it's not just like, well, I stab him in the throat. Yeah, it's very, very much like we get into our characters, which is super sweet. Especially I'm nothing like of my consistent, and I clearly have a theme. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> which there's my nothing wrong with playing. that, dude. If you ain't nothing. You, if you ain't consistent so there are so many cool subclasses out there even more so there we've only covered three and there's so many more that are so cool yeah um, this shit runs deep it does and monks have just cool ones like i said there's so many things that you can do with them um uh going into the lore for monks um this one i am going to talk about a little bit monks are pretty rare in the world because they don't usually travel um, in the lore, they very much are trying to find wisdom in like peace. A lot of the times you can think of like monasteries, your adventures will stumble upon. These monks have been doing, studying their craft for years and years, and they just don't really seem a point to leave like their valley or like the people they watch over. So to have a monk leave is kind of a big thing. Um, in the lore, it talks about like pilgrimages sometimes. So like um, monks will go on like this journey of enlightenment. I almost think of like Gilgamesh's journey um, where you could like 
say, oh, this monk is doing this task for his monastery to become enlightened to come back and take over the monastery. Uh, but other than that, they usually just stick with their own group. So to have maybe when your characters are played a monk, you get to entice them for their backstory, be like, what made you leave your monastery? What made you leave this place of peace for you that you sought out in the beginning? Was it corrupt? Um, did they realize that they had learned all they needed to from this and they needed to escape? Was it a front for like... Uh, uh, I don't know, a slaver ring, you know, it's like, there's so many things that you could do with it that entices them to leave, whether it's super dark, like I just said, or it's just the fact that they learned everything they could, and they're continuing their path of enlightenment. Um, in lore, most of the time when you run into monks, they are traveling wise men, um, or they're just hung up in their monastery. Um, they stand for, um, judgment and law for most people in the world they are this beacon of peace and like acceptance that uh, rogues from um, all walks of life can come to monasteries to find a new life and start anew most of the time there are certain monasteries that will not accept those um, but most of the time it's a place uh, a harbinger of peace essentially um, the person i decided to talk on for our famous monk is a little different. It's definitely not the most powerful monk out there. It's definitely not the most famous, but it's kind of cool because this person's name is Silence Before Iron. Silence hyphen before hyphen iron. <laughs> Very cool. And the reason for this is Silence Before Iron, or SBI, as we'll go from here, uh, was an adventuring tiefling monk of the Old Order. Now, the Old Order was this ancient monastery tradition, um, which... I haven't done a whole lot of research on, but what I, the gist of it is they follow this very specific code. And the reason why she's called Science, Silence Before Iron is because of her penance of joining this monastery, she gave up her voice. She still can talk by all means, she just chooses not to. She enters a silent code. And the reason why she's called Silence Before Iron, if she deems you unworthy or she's heard you, she's kind of like a judge, she's pulling out her sword and she's gonna kill you. Um, and so that's why her name is Silence Before Iron. It's very literal. Um, she comes up, she's a tiefling, so she her ancestry is touched by the lower planes, um, by devons or, uh, devons, lol, <laughs> demons or devils. Um, and she, um, he uses uh, fists was her main weapon, or she's known to use slings uh, with uh, bullets made of metal and or um, katanas, which are pretty cool. She is um, definitely uh, lawful evil, um, and she shows up in the land of intrigue, known as Amon. Um, she lives her life following the teachings of uh, the mysterious mo uh, monosaic. Is that how you say it? Monosaic. Yeah, I think so. Uh, old order and her vow uh, to keep uh, of silence keeps everyone at distance so everyone thinks she's very evil but she's very lawful the only time she shows her evil is really when she deems someone unfit or um like they're obviously bad and so she's trying to she just kills them she doesn't wait for um no judgment yeah there's no judgment it's up to her and her order to decide so you could say she's maybe lawful chaotic except for those are 
opposites of each other. Uh, so lawful evil actually kind of works. Maybe lawful neutral. Um, she is. Gonna, a, yeah, that's like a true neutral almost. Yeah, lawful neutral. Um, if not true neutral, like you said, uh, she shows up in the Icewind Dale video games, which I've never played. I've run that campaign though, so that's cool. Um, and um, she's just really cool. So it's so you could throw her in like you're traveling into this town and like. You come across a silent monk who just doesn't talk to anyone, but is like this badass fighter um, who strives to protect innocence, but at the same time isn't uh, worried about casting order or judgment her own way. Kind of a cool stuff there. And that's why I came up for Monk. Hey guys, I did one without referencing the Driss series. Way to go. <laughs> that is growth. We're so proud of you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, dads. <laughs> All right, Juan, what you got for us this time? I am curious because I thought this was going to be the most difficult. It, it, it depends. It depends. Depends on how well you know me. Um, I did name off a bunch, though. Don't try and throw you off the scent. Yeah, I so, know. I appreciate that. <laughs> um... I will give you one major hint. They are not practitioners of Drunken Fist. Okay, cool. Oh! They're cool. not a drunken drunken master person. Um, they are very much a monk. Like a very much like a I'm a throw hands monk. That is your only hint. Okay. Drew, I, you, I, you go, first. go first. Okay, <clears throat> fine. I will. Um, can I ask if it's non-animated or animated or no? By that. Um, is it cartoons exactly. or is it like... <laughs> exactly what it is. <laughs> okay, I just, I just, all right. I just, I confused myself. Uh, I will say both. Both. Cool. They, they have, they have been in both. They've been in... Nifty. Okay. Um, you can't, it can't be a Jackie Chan character because you said Jackie Chan like five times in this episode. Yeah, so, so anybody played by Jackie Chan, it is not. Which them. is... So that was a very, very, uh, almost, almost made it, uh, specifically Jackie Chan Adventures because I feel like no one talks about that show enough. That, with the medallions and stuff? Yes, with the medallions and yes, shit. Yes, that, that cartoon was awesome. Okay, whatever happened to that... That needed to run for a long time. <laughs> it feels like a fever dream, and I kind of wanted to bring attention to it. But yeah. uh, I, but here's the thing: had I picked it, I wouldn't have been able to talk about Jackie Chan as much as we did. Yeah, I thought for sure so, you were going to do um, Jackie Chan from was it the Forbidden Kingdom, where he's the drunken master? Ooh. Yeah, that was the see. That's another, and, and that's why I did it because I realized that the rule I set myself is I wouldn't talk about the, the character specifically throughout the episode, and I was like, I can't not talk about monk and not talk about jackie chan specifically his drunken master characters and that's why he didn't make the cut okay i i'm lost i'm gonna be honest i i don't know what i'm uh going to say if this is right or wrong so i'm just gonna say is it cowboy bebop that's not a character but good choice like good, the main character uh, you know from cowboy best. bebop oh spike yeah Ooh, ooh. I, I personally consider him more of like a fighter gunslinger, okay. but but like he has yeah, monk aspects, like he a little bit, you know. Yeah, Spike knows how to throw hands. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's what that's why that's what I, that's why I said. Okay, Spike's your guess. What about you, Colin? I feel like you got okay, it. So I I cut out for when Drew asked if he could ask if it was live action or anime. So I said both. Oh oh, you're gonna do me like that. I'm gonna do you like that. It's been played by both a live action actor or actress and has also been done animated with a voice actor or actress or whatever term you prefer happy pride month 
<laughs> oh yeah, fuck it's June first. I posted. I, I forgot I forgot I did up my pride post. Look at us go. Construct. It's fine. <laughs> it is. It's a man-made thing to keep the world going. Oh my god. Because you said Rock Lee and we said Jackie Chan's characters. We said Iron Fist. Uh, is it the, uh, oh, I can't forget the U.S. name. I, the, the lead dude from Persona 5. I consider well, Joker a monk, though. I would consider Joker a, um, he's, and he's more of a warlock, because he has to make a pact. <laughs> yeah, I, okay, I'll take that. Yeah. Also, he doesn't really throw hands. He just, he, like, uses a knife oh, and a gun. He just flips and shit, but I'm is so that confused. your guess, though? <laughs> Drew, I'll, I'll get you on the Persona kick eventually. Okay, thanks, dude. What's your, what's your guess, Colin? Is it, is it Joker from Persona 5? No, it's not. Oh, damn oh, it. Oh, damn it. No, it's not. All right, damn I'm locking it. you both in. I'm locking you both in. It is actually Liu Kang from Mortal Kombat. Oh, damn it. Fucking damn it. Cool. Damn it. Cool. See, no. see, I knew it. I knew that you would that you would be pissed the instant you found out if you got it wrong. Because cool. the amount of times I have whooped your ass in Mortal Kombat as Liu Kang, you think you would remember? <laughs> Clearly, I, I gotta out. teach you another I, lesson. I block out my traumatizing <laughs> lessons. You know that. I play Scorpion only. <laughs> so listen, I used to be a Scorpion main. I still kind of am. Those are the two I switch between, but. Ever since I was a little kid, that was the first move I ever figured out how to pull off on like the classic arcade. The bicycle kicks. The bicycle kick. That was the, that was the, the first thing. I love fighting games, and that's what extends into my love for action movies and Drunken Fist. Yeah. Um, the first combo I ever learned how to pull off ever as a wee lad was the bicycle kick for Liu Kang. So Liu Kang will never not be my favorite Mortal Kombat character, and that is why he's our monk for the week, because Hell he's yeah. literally... The, the classic like epitome of a monk literally uses nunchucks the bicycle kick uh i i may have based my my monk off of hellboy but that initial idea also came from Liu Kang trains in a yeah, monastery you had, you had nunchucks on him as well i think he the the, ba the bigger it was mix of the tiefling part is why i said hellboy but it was mainly yeah. based off of Liu Kang. but i wasn't gonna say that because he was my character for the week yep cool. <laughs> yeah that's sweet um, good choice, good choice. And the score is still 1-1. Um, so should we talk about and give shout-outs to Parker, our DM, for Sunday and talk about our wild adventures real quick? Dude. Yes, I think we should plug him because as a loyal fan of the show, also, I want to shout-out, he's not going to get to this episode for a very long time because I know he's a little bit behind. But we, yeah. I found out my 17-year-old uh, nephew is has been listening and he apparently really likes the show. So, uh, hey, hey. shout-out, nephew, dude. We love you, man. Shout-out. Shout out, shout out Devin. Yay, Devin! Shout out Devin! Hey! Yeah. This one's for he the Devins! He apparently listens whenever he, because he works as a janitor at a high school, and he just like listens to us whenever he's cleaning. Alright, so Devin. When you get to this episode, shout out I expect to you, you to text shout me. Out, dog. Stick it to the grind. Cleaning the school for the kids. Way to go, bro. Get the guap. Doesn't get the guap. That's right. Way to way to pull through. Um, so, Parker is one of our great friends. He's DM'd for us multiple times i think he was like he was my og dm yeah he, he was my first campaign so my he i dm'd for him for like a year and a half one campaign and then he was like dude i got you you can play now and he dm'd for me which was super cool so my second time playing my first actual time like leveling super hard because i played with my first group for maybe two weeks um so i'm gonna consider parking my first dm as well and that was your campaign too juan you were with me on that one um 
and that was uh, my first time uh, coming home from my mission. You invited me over. It was Parker. Yeah, and I haven't been the same since. So thank you, Parker. Go back to the first episode. Yeah. So um, Parker's great. He lives away from us in a different state. And right. He came all the way from Texas to come do this. That's right. And he has um, a 3D printer, and he's been working mad hard printing off all this stuff for this killer dungeon. And so he did a one shot for us. Um, I had driven home like I was on vacation. I got home at ooh, 7.30 and I live an hour away from where we were playing. And so I just dropped my wife and kids off and I was like, okay, I got to go. I ran and grabbed my dice and jump back in the car and drive another hour. So it was like eight hours in the car that day, <laughs> but it was worth it. All worth it. So we started playing this one shot and um, it's pretty crazy. I'm not going to lie. We, uh, as one shots do, we just kind of are with each other, but we didn't know each other as a party. Um, I played a bard, typical. Juan, you played a cleric, typical. Colin, what did you play? <laughs> I forget. You played a bard too. We were bard brothers. That's right. Yeah, we were double barded. We were party bros. Yeah, bard Except, bros. Yeah. I played like uh, the horror music. I forgot uh, the Folly Machine. Yeah, or just like it just makes terror sounds. So the fact that we are in a dungeon, you just hear like this creaking sound. You turn around, it's just like me trying to make music, and I'm giving you bardic inspiration for yeah. terrifying you. <laughs> yeah, it's very fun stuff. And I was playing a violin as my character. So in this dungeon, we do it as well. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> Um, at, in this, in this dungeon, we were, it was in the Underdark, we assume. We start roaming these halls, trying to figure out where we were. And, um, there's a bunch of drow there, which was super cool, because we've been talking about it a lot this podcast. And, um, well, I have. These guys have been being good sports and listening to me. <laughs> and... Listen, you know way more than I ever do. Like, I like to talk about my character stuff, because that's about the length of my knowledge. Yeah. But this is... Oh, your drow are guy. cool as fuck, dude. Like, yeah. I think they, they, get oh, a, yeah. they get a bad rap. But they're, but cool. they're cool as fuck. They are cool. So they were that those were the villains we were running into. And um we were doing really well. Like there's some sketchy parts, like oh a lot of people almost died. Uh poor um maneuvering as a party. Split the group, Colin. Never split the group. What's good? <laughs> <laughs> um and like, Listen, it was a one shot. I wanted to break some rules. <laughs> you rebel. Um, but... They also fucking caught our team in the static... Oh, what was it? Yeah, you hurt the team more than you hurt the enemies, dude. False. I should've I let you them. die. <laughs> I should've let you... And, and that would've been a good thing, too. Um, because this whole one-shot was built around, um, dying. And after the one-shot had finished, I'll be honest, we didn't finish it. We started at 8.30 and... Went to fucking 2 a.m. Went to 2 a.m. And at 2, I still had an hour drive back to my house. So I was going to get home at 3. I did get home at 3. My wife's like, what the hell were you doing? I'm like, I was playing D&D, girl. What do you think I oh, was yeah, doing? I got, I got, I got <laughs> several six witnesses. <laughs> Luckily, Juan had his Snapchat, like a good boy. I pulled that up. I was like, look at the timestamp. That was at midnight. What else would I be doing past that? Yeah, and, um... So we were supposed to, we get to 2 a.m. and I look at Juan, Juan looks at me, I'm like, yo, we're exhausted, we, we were just going to call it, and Parker's like, no worries guys, we'll just finish it when I come back in next month. So we're going to finish it, so we don't know how exactly how it's going to end, but it's based around being in a time loop, and there was all these clues that kind of went over our heads at the time, on a blame, tiredness on that one, and having a baller cleric. Um, 
but yeah, we were supposed to be dying is what I picked up from you guys talking. Yes, part at the end of it, Parker was like, "I expected you guys to die a lot earlier because we got to the fight, final boss encounter, and we found like remnants of riddles trying to explain like what we were supposed to do, how we were supposed to beat this drider, this beefy, beefy drider." And oh, um, we were getting clever too, dude. Yeah, we were trying everything in the book, trying to do it, and we just couldn't do anything. And like, um, one of our care players die, and I'm like, oh shoot, this is it, dude. But in like a round later, he responds back in the room we started in, and he legit like started walking around and gave up. Yeah, he so like he comes back to the table, he's like, okay, I'm gonna try to get back with the group, and he enters in the rooms we had come through before, and everything has respawned. And like, yeah, like all the drow we had killed previously are back and like the same situations are happening again. It's a total time loop. And there's this room with a bunch of like hash marks um, and tallies, like uh, just covering the room, like probably a hundred. So we assume our characters have been in this a hundred times and we couldn't figure it out. And it wasn't until like our party members started dying and like we all died that we didn't all die actually we didn't die i pulled off tell this part so i have been maining cleric the entire time i've been playing DD, and that entire time that i've been maining cleric i have never once pulled off a divine intervention now i don't remember how much we got into this in our cleric episode but divine intervention you get get, i think one chance i don't know how many chances you get no you can do it as many times as i want technically but what you do is you literally implore your deity, the god you worship, to intervene. You implore your you implore your deity to intervene. And uh, in my years, like what five years playing cleric, never once been able to pull it off because you have to roll lower than your level. So at max level twenty, you have to roll lower than a twenty out of one hundred. And we were level ten. And I'm sitting there, and like you said, we're literally trying everything in the book to um, try and kill this strider. And I was like, fuck it, let me pray to my god. And I, if you remember my cleric episode, I was playing uh, Lionel the Thundercat, who is also a prophet for Yancey Bin, a.k.a. You know, Antichrist. So I was like, listen, I'll summon you if you help me. And I rolled exactly a 10. And that has never happened to the point that I didn't even realize I'd rolled a 10. I thought it was an 11. Like a round end. (laughs) You were like, wait, 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 wait. Like, because it, like, it so hardly ever happens. I have never seen a Divine Intervention pop off. Uh, so I rolled it, and I was like, oh, fuck, I think I rolled an 11. And then I looked at it, like, a minute later, and I was like, no, wait, it succeeded. And then our DM looked at me, Parker, probably made his day, and uh, the Divine Intervention was, we all just reset in the room, in the same room that the character who had died in, and that's when I realized, we're stuck in a time loop. We're supposed to be dying. I have been doing my job too well. <laughs> and at that point, it was 2 in the morning. And so we we're like, oh, if we could just I was taking a poop and no one told me. If we could just walk back to the boss room, maybe we can figure this out. But we enter the first room and it was like everything had reset. I was like, yo, this is going to be another four hours. I'm like, I can't. I got to get home. I can't stay up till eight in the morning playing D&D. My wife will kill me. <laughs> and have. and what I, would, I would probably die, honestly. I would have just. Oh, yeah. No, staying up that long. Exploded, dude, I can't handle staying up anymore. Um, but it is super fun, and the best thing about it is Parker's coming back into town in, I think, July, and so he's like, we're just going to finish it then, and he keeps joking, and he's like, I have material where we can turn this into a full-fledged campaign.
campaign if we want to, and we'll just play once a month. And I was like, sure, dude, if you want to come in Texas, if you want to come down to Texas, we'd love to see you and do it. And so it'd be really cool. Parker, when you listen to this, do it, man. It would be sweet. Um, and this is typically typical on cue for Parker. He's a very intelligent guy, um, and he just the boy is too smart for his own he, good he so is. trying to like solve his riddles is so hard for it's, some it's, of the dumb, dumb boys it's tough and we play it very true so like we don't look up on our phones what's going on we try to solve it but parker's very very smart and so he outsmarts us all the time so it's a good thing it's a time loop because we would have died and the campaign would be over <laughs> so <laughs> it's gonna be fun we'll let you guys know when we conclude this one shot um that uh in the next month or so so pretty cool stuff kudos to you parker you're the best bro um but boys this has been a fun episode i love monks they are so fun to have in the party uh note to all you guys playing or dms players whatever make your monks feel cool that's the message of the show um the whole show beyond the board is just about making monks feel cool <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the underlying that is that is the one. whole message so we've this done this is it. where we end this is where <laughs> we end thank you for joining us on this nine episodes that's it oh he got the episode right hey i did it um as always <laughs> thank you so much for reviewing the show please leave uh comments reviews it helps us so much um interact with us on social media um Colin, do we have any honorable note mentions this week? Oh, we ha- we we do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have been notable. The uh, been a. Uh, I'm so awkward talking about this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> we've been interacted with by Peeper the Goblin and Lavani. They've been retweeting us, liking our stuff. It's uh, I don't know how to say this every week. It just it's super cool to have a community. But I I feel like it's just us listening to this every week when I go back and listen to it again. Yeah, but I have stats. But it's not. It's crazy. <laughs> it's it's just wild. Like, I, we really do appreciate the shit out of you guys. Yeah, I know do. I said it last week, and I'm not trying to sound like a broken record, but this is it's just super cool to be able to do this. And have people that tune in and listen to it every time we put out new content. For sure. So just really appreciate you guys. We do. And Peeper, if you're listening, dude, I want to know what is up with that name. So reach <laughs> reach out to me and tell, <laughs> tell me what is up with Peeper the I, Goblin. I need to I need to know. I need to know. What you talking and about. And tell me and I will add Peeper as an NPC in my game. So please tell me. <laughs> I, I'm very curious. Um, anyways, thank you guys so much. And Patty Knox, please take it away, brother. Have a good night, everyone. Uh-huh.